0: Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked
1: On NFL Key Predictions. Hey, everyone. Welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. As the NFL enters week six of the 2022 season, narratives have been unexpected, but exciting. The New York Giants are four and one and finally gaining national respect while the Denver Broncos are seemingly trending toward the punchline of NFL jokes. We kick off our coverage in Miami where for the Vikings, it may be simply that one man is all who matters. Minnesota wide receiver, Justin Jefferson leads the league with 547 receiving yards this season and ranked second with 40 receptions. He recorded 12 receptions for 154 yards in Week 5, after totaling 10 catches for 147 yards in Week 4. Easy math for Kirk Cousins, get the ball to Justin Jefferson. On the other side of this matchup, Tua tunga remains sidelined in protocols, and Teddy Bridgewater also finds himself doubtful ahead of Sunday. Third-string quarterback Skylar Thompson will need to improve on his 57.6 completion percentage, and get the ball into his playmaker's hands. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell have combined for over 900 yards and five touchdowns through four games so far. With over 300 yards after the catch between them, he expects short catches and explosive plays for Miami. Luke Braun from Locked Vikings and Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins have this matchup for us.
2: We've talked about each team having the ball, some of the key matchups to be mindful of. Um, Miami having the home field advantage in this matchup, obviously there's Mm -hmm. a lot made about South Florida weather and it's still relative first half of the season. It might be hot. Well, maybe not Buffalo bills game hot, but, uh, (laughs) nevertheless, it'll be warm down there in South Florida. But I I certainly think the third string quarterback level for, for Miami is the kind of ultimate wild card here in this game and probably a neutralizer for that home field advantage that Miami has, coming into this game. So you look at both sides of the ball. What's your expectation for what we will see on Sunday? So I am, I'm struggling with this
3: one because the dolphins are, they're an AFC team. So I'm always going to be a little less familiar and they are a lot different than the other opponents. The Vikings have played. And of course we got a quarterback. We have barely seen any of Um, that said the Vikings, kind of have a thing with backup quarterbacks. I don't know if you know this, but they were losing to Cooper Rush before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> they were, they they've lost to Matt Moore in multiple occasions spanning back like to 2009,
2: Dolphins uh, legend lost... Matt Moore.
3: Dolphins, that's right. Dolphins, Dolphins legend Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Um they lost a very embarrassing game to Chase Daniel a couple years ago and like these are like in playoff seasons. It's like a thing and it's we're not sure if it's if it was a Mike Zimmer thing or if if it's gone now. There's a bit of a curse. It's a little cosmic. So we hear third string. Most teams will be like, "Oh, third string quarterback. Great, this game's going to be so much easier." We hear third string quarterback and we go, "Oh no, we're going to get clowns like, on so hard." Here we, we, we go again. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we needed a double doink to get past Andy Dalton earlier in the year. So I don't know. I, I'm not taking anything for granted here. Uh, the bet online spread here is. Vikings three? by three and a half. Okay. Um, I think it feels to me like the Dolphins have some very specific rock, paper, scissor counters to some of the Vikings' favorite stuff. So I'm going to say that the Dolphins will cover. No idea who's going to win, but I think the Dolphins will cover. I also see the the over-under at 45. I'm going to take the under. kind of feel like the defenses are going to be able to figure this one out.
2: I think that's a safe bet to take the under. Uh, and also smart of you to to take... Dolphins covering three and a half. Um, yeah, give me that It just moved, it. by the way.
3: It was three when we started recording. <laughs>
2: okay, so the, the words getting around of the Skylar Thompson, I guess some uh-huh. money has come in since the Skylar Thompson announcement was made on Wednesday. Right. Um, listen, and, and you talk about self-preservation and uh, protecting yourself from expectations and all. The Dolphins start three and oh. Dolphins fans everywhere saying, here we go again. This team is mm-hmm. cursed. We've now lost two mm-hmm. in a row. We're on our third string quarterback. Um, now, there has been significant progress this week for both Tua Tonga and Teddy Bridgewater uh, with concussion protocols. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater, assuming everything will, goes well with the rest of this week, will dress and be the backup for the game. But for Coach McDaniel, again, it comes back to, if I start my game plan on Monday or Tuesday, and I don't have Teddy when I start that process. That makes I sense. I just want to keep the same quarterback that I'm starting yeah. my game planning with. Because again, it's been two straight games where the Dolphins have have had a different quarterback finish the game than start the game. So I understand the thought process. Uh, and Tuatanga Valoa actually back on the practice field on Wednesday for the first time. So it sounds like you know they they've been conservative. They said even if he's cleared, he's not gonna play. And again, that comes yeah. back in part two football activities. Being protective of sure. your, franchise, your perceived franchise quarterback, all that stuff. Persever. I kind of, I kind of expect that the Dolphins are going to take the long term view here, and they're going to say, "Look, if you st- if you go back to three and three, and we have an eleven game season to play, and the team say what you will about Tua Tagovailoa, well, oh, they win a lot with him as the starting quarterback of the team. I think they're okay with that. I, I genuinely think that you know you you look at the schedule that comes up behind this and you've got Pittsburgh and then you've got Detroit and Chicago, and then it's the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. And then you have your bye, and then it's the Houston Texans. It's a very favorable next five game stretch. So I think that also feeds all the 500
3: come back. Yeah,
2: right. Right. I think that feeds into the decision to play the long game here. and, And let's just do what the coach wants to do for the sake of the game plan. But for me to protect myself and my mental well being, I'm coming into this game with no expectations. Okay. I'll take the team with the starting quarterback to win the game. So I'll pick Minnesota right. to win this football game. I will.
3: I'll, I'll, I'll go with you there. I'll say Vikings win, but the, the Dolphins are, they all, I mean, Tua is like famously good against the spread, and your backup's Teddy Spreadwater. So I'm never going to pick against the Dolphins with the spread teddy's um, like
2: outrageously good against the spread i had no had, idea and multiple like two
3: weeks spots from. too like yeah all the way back to here in minnesota i i was like a huge i love teddy bridgewater so much i hope you guys are taking good care of him over there he's like one of my favorite players of all time um because when i first got into like covering the vikings he was the quarterback so he has this, holds this very special place yeah. in my heart um but so i kind of like a part of me was really hoping we would see him because i just like watching him i just like him um but I'll say the the Vikings win. What would it be? A what would a two point win be on a forty two like twenty two to twenty? There it is, twenty two twenty Vikings. Yeah. It's the under. 22. That's the Vikings covering or the Dolphins covering, but
2: the Vikings winning.
3: Twenty three twenty. Call it that.
2: Yeah. And I will go with twenty twenty two sixteen. Vikings right. win. So it'll be close. There it is could
3: going to see some messy stuff go on here but i will say the vikings defense has been a catastrophe they've messed up their zones a lot their pass rush isn't getting home a lot if ever there were a moment for skylar thompson to get into a rhythm and figure it out if you wanted to do some conservative play calls right off the bat do some rhythm things some sprint outs or whatever your your him in rhythm play is call a couple of those right off the bat you can get away with it. And this is definitely not a world where you're going to see Skylar Thompson fall apart, throw four picks and get six points. The Vikings are not the defense that earns that.
4: So there is a, there's a world. I'll I'll tell you that.
1: Now from Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling.
4: This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets in Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Minnesota Vikings laying three and a half points against the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins will be down to the third-string quarterback for this game. Skylar Thompson will start. Probably one of the better third-string quarterbacks, but he's still not even close to Tua or Teddy Bridgewater. So that's a big downgrade there, and he's more of a game manager. Also on defense, number two cornerback, Byron Jones, continues to be out. He had offseason season surgery. He hasn't come back. And Xavier Howard, maybe one of the top three or four cornerbacks, in the whole league, he's slowed by a groin injury. So, how are you going to cover Justin Jefferson? I think they're going to have a hard time here. And then, on top of that, Dalvin Cook returns to his own stomping grounds. And he looks better than ever. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings to win pretty easy here. 28-17. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast.
1: Yes, it's now week six and the New York Giants still won't go away. Fresh off their London victory over the Green Bay Packers, Big Blue will now host the dual threat play of Lamar Jackson and his Baltimore Ravens. Daniel Jones is quietly rushed for 230 yards while rising to 10th in completion percentage and 14th in QBR in the NFL. Combine that with the electric play of Saquon Barkley, who is on pace for a 2,000 all-purpose yard season, and you've got an explanation for how this team finds itself at 4-1. and one. Jackson is putting together another MVP caliber season. He's on pace for over 36 touchdowns, which marks a new career high. But a lack of offensive creativity and weapons finds the Ravens 3-2 and two and still searching for their rhythm. Wink Martindale welcomes his former team, now the defensive coordinator for the Giants, and he might just have a few tricks up his sleeve to help keep Baltimore off balance. Kevin O'Stryker from Locked On Ravens and Patricia Trania from Locked On Giants have this game preview.
0: Patricia, though, it's prediction time here on the show, <laughs> and we're, we're going to get into it. I think, again, we talked about it at the top of the show a game that I think is going to be a lot closer than people anticipate. Even if you talked about before the year, Ravens-Giants, people are thinking, oh, this, this is going to be an easy Ravens win. I don't think it's
5: that anymore.
0: I'll give my predictions after you give yours, but how do you think this one goes?
5: You know, I, I did a radio spot earlier today, and I said to the radio host, every time I have made a prediction when it comes to the Giants, they have done the opposite. So for my Giant fan listeners out there, I'm going to pick the Ravens. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Ravens. No, seriously. Um, I think it's going to be close. Um, Lamar Jackson does concern me. Uh, the injury situation, I, I, I as we record this, it's, it's, it's Wednesday, so it's still kind of early in the week. Um, still want to know a little bit more about who's going to be back, who's not. Um, I think it's going to be really close. I got to get the edge to the Ravens just slightly. Um, the Giants... Look, they got to get that passing offense in in gear at at some point. You know, you see signs of it, but they haven't really been as balanced as you'd like them to be, you know, statistically speaking. And I just think that the Ravens are going to hone in on Saquon Barkley, try to take him out. And there's only just so many times the Giants can figure out, you know, how to get him free. So I got to give the edge to the Ravens a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens as well, and my reasoning is since the secondary has been able to settle in so much over these first couple weeks here, Week 4 and Week 5, after a pretty rough start to the year outside of Week 1 where they got torched by Tua in Week 2, they got torched by Mac Jones and the Patriots in Week 3, I've been very impressed with what they were able to do against Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And when you have a team that has Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and they're playing it all pro levels pretty much here the loss of marcus williams does impact things that that is a very big loss for them but i think they have the safety depth to be able to to keep the ship afloat i'd say until he's able to be back but with how the giants pass offense has performed i think that the ravens secondary can shut that down and and keep it shut down and that will in turn allow them to focus more on the saquon barkley and the giants run game on defense for the giants of these talking about the ravens offense I think it will be closer there than people do anticipate. I think Don Martindale's done a great job there, but you do have what I do call the Lamar Jackson effect. And you have one or two of those plays every game where you're like, how in the world did did this happen? You know, whether that is a spectacular throw, a spectacular run, he has those. So I'm going to go Ravens 27, Giants 23. I think it will be a close game and maybe even closer than the box score indicates. But I do think the Ravens get up for this game against, I think, what is now a very formidable opponent there in that NFC East division, Patricia, that looks actually very, very good this year.
5: Yeah. And, you know, I think I saw a stat. Isn't Lamar Jackson, like, undefeated against the NFC? Yes, 12-0. Yeah. So I saw that. I mean, you know, this would be a great week for that streak to to end, but you know what the Ravens defense, you know, I think they're, they're up there in turnovers. If I'm not mistaken, they have a lot of, I forget what the number is with interceptions, but they've been ball hawks there. So I'm a little concerned about the matchups there. I'm not so sure the Giants match up as well, but listen, that's why you line up and play the game. And, and uh, I've been wrong before this season. I hope I'm wrong again. Um, I'm kind of sticking with that George Costanza, you know, opposite world here, you know, where as I say one thing and the Giants do the other, so.
0: Yes, it's, it's the reverse jinx. I, I've done many reverse jinxes before. And so it, <laughs> and it's I did funny. that all
5: throughout. I did that all throughout 2011. I mean, <laughs> I was so superstitious. I kept picking the Giants to lose games, including in the Super Bowl, because I was like, okay, they're, they're winning when I pick them to lose. So maybe there's a little tiny bit of superstition in there on my part.
0: Uh, I, I am superstitious as well. I totally <laughs> understand it. it it's, it's tough to do it in the moment, but hey, then they get to the win and you're like, yes, I contributed to this. Like it was my reverse jinx that did this. So it's interesting because you're right, the Ravens have been a very high turnover defense this year. Last year, they were in the bottom four, bottom five, bottom three, and a ton of turnover categories. They're already one interception away from tying their 2021 total. They have eight this year. They had nine all of last year. Now Marcus Williams was a big part of that. And so his loss is gonna be an interesting one to see how the Ravens navigate it. But I do think that Daniel Jones could make a couple of throws that maybe he'd wanna have back, especially if the Ravens can get that pressure. And I think that could be the momentum shifter in this game where there's always that play or one or two plays where it clearly shifts the momentum one way or the other and can honestly change the entire outcome of a game. And I think with how close Patricia were both anticipating this one to be, whichever side gets that one play where you can say, all right, this is the play you point to. I think that'll honestly decide the game here. And it comes down to it again, against the Giants team that has far surpassed expectations this year, look really, really good. And they're in the thick of the playoff front right now.
5: Yeah, hard to believe. I mean, look, we knew it was gonna be a rebuild year. And there's still several pieces away. The Giants are, but uh, Brian Dable has got this team playing. Uh, the coaching has made a big, big difference. You could see it, like I said, with the injuries. You could see it with with how they're handling adversity. Matter of fact, as, as, as how they're handling winning, just such a it's like night and day. And um, you know, I I think it's going to carry them far, but. It's not going to be able to erase some of the, the holes that they have on this roster, you know, at, at receiver, like I mentioned, defensive backs, specifically at cornerback. Um, they need some additional pieces, I think, to really, really could push themselves into the conversation for playoffs.
0: And one of those final matchups I'll give here, Patricia John Harbaugh versus Brian Dable, the coaching matchup, the head coaching matchup. You have a veteran head coach and John Harbaugh, the rookie head coach and Brian Dable, but both very respected by their teams, it seems like.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, John Harbaugh's special teams background, Brian Dable with the offensive background. So it's going to be a nice little matchup. You mentioned, you know, Greg Roman would, would be the matchup with Wink Martindale. So just. A lot of good matchups here, not just on the field, but on the sidelines as well. And um, the Giants, they they've been starting off slow with their games. If they can start off quickly, I think you know they're going to give themselves a really good chance. You know, you don't want to have to keep playing catch up every week if if you don't have to. So, I'd like to see the Giants start fast this week if they can.
0: Yeah, and final question, Patricia, JPP looks great in Baltimore. Kevin Zeitler, same thing, some of those former Giants. Now, the Giants have a couple former Ravens over there right now. Tony Jefferson, beloved in Baltimore, someone who just embodies the city and obviously means so much still to, to the city and the organization. How's he looked? Some of the other Ravens, too, maybe Tyree Phillips. How have those guys looked so far with the Giants?
5: Yeah, so Tony Jefferson uh, played last week. Looked pretty good. Um, right now, he's dealing with, I believe, a foot injury. So I'm not sure what his status is going to be for Sunday. And don't forget Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward is also with this team, too. He's been really underrated. I mean, Wink Martindale, I asked him Wink about him a few weeks ago, and Wink said, any place I am, I want Jihad Ward with me. They call him Hottie, I guess. I don't know if they called him Hottie when when he was yeah. with the Ravens. But uh, they absolutely love him. And he's been Johnny on the spot with the injuries, you know, first to uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and now with Aziz Ojolary. And really just as a, you know, a, as a third pass rusher he and and, a, and as a run stopper, Jihad Ward has been a nice addition to this team. Tyree Phillips, they haven't really gotten into the, into the action yet. Um, he's kind of been a reserve guy. Uh, maybe contributing here and there on special teams, but you know, yeah, it's not surprising that Wink brought over some of his his guys from you know his days in Baltimore and and on that defense, and um, you know they they've stepped up, they've helped the other guys with learning the system and and playing faster, and it's just it's just been you know really successful so far.
1: From Locked On Bets, here is Lee Sterling.
4: This is Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets and Paramount Sports. With your bet online prediction for the game between the Baltimore Ravens laying five and a half points at the New York Giants. Now, the X factor, the biggest difference in this game, not even a player, it's a coach. Giants defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. Why? Well, only spent the last 10 years as the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. He knows how to stop Lamar Jackson, so that's a big advantage. Also, this Giants team is starting to come together. They're coached well and they have weapons on offense. Daniel Jones, dual threat quarterback, he's already rushed for 230 yards this year. Keeps defenses off balance and Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to full health. 533 y- yards rushing here in five games and also averaging 5.5 yards per carry. I'm going to say Baltimore Pulls out the win 24-23, but I'm taking the five and a half points and the G-men at home here. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 a month. You can check out their special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co Forward slash locked on. The Kansas City Chiefs are set to host the Buffalo Bills in a rematch of last season's all-time divisional playoff meeting. This will be the fifth time that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes will face off as opposing starting QBs, including the postseason, with Kansas City winning four of the last five meetings. 12 touchdowns for Allen, 11 for Mahomes, a 105.1 rating for Allen, 108.1 for Mahomes. In 2022, Mahomes and Allen currently sit first and second in the league in touchdowns with 15 and 14 respectively and are two quarterbacks at the top of their games, which should make for an exciting next chapter in this rivalry. Joe Marino for Locked on Bills joins Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark for Locked on Chiefs to preview this game.
6: At the end of the day, it comes down to who can execute the best. And I, I really like what you were talking about with Josh Allen and having to possibly spy him. For me, that comes down to who's got the athletic ability to even make him have to change what he's doing. I I don't know that you're going to chase him down with anybody on this roster that isn't Willie Gay at the linebacker level. But I actually think I would deploy the rookie, Leo Chanel, because his ability to start at his lined-up alignment and get to the sidelines is better, I feel, than Darius Harris, certainly, and maybe even Nick Bolton, and let him be uh, the wild, aggressive monster that we know that he can be in hunting down the quarterback that gets away from everyone. Is that crazy or too risky?
7: Risky, maybe. (laughs) Crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think that you have to look at this game and you have to realize that you're going to be in a situation where the guy that you would really want to have spy him, like you said, is Willie Gay and he's not going to be available. So Chanel makes a lot of sense, mainly because you're not going to have him on the field for a ton of downs. Uh, and maybe this is going to cause him to be on the field more than you would expect. But he's also a guy that's going to make somebody pay when he hits him. And that's that could be a huge benefit in this game. I'm not trying to say play dirty. Please don't take it that way. Right. I'm just saying he is a guy that likes to hit, and he likes to close, and he likes to hit hard, and that is something that could be a huge value if he's able to get a couple of shots on Josh Allen early in the game.
6: Yeah, well, and particularly he's got the speed, but he's got the ability to change directions. And when you're playing against Josh, that's what you got to have because you're going to have an initial read, and if he just pulls the ball and takes off, you got to be able to turn on a dime. And I, I think that's one of the skill sets that really lends to Leo playing a lot more than this game than we've seen in the past, depending, obviously, on situations. We will get into that. And the situation is what it all comes down to. Do you want to go first?
7: (laughs) I'll go first. You know, I still look at what I said yesterday. And the one thing, that the one caveat in in how I may change this is, I said yesterday on the crossover, I thought it's going to be a one-point game. I still think it could be a one-point game. It could be, you know, a two-, three-point game. But I do think that it's possible that Bucker is going to have a – say in this game more so than I ever would have thought uh, mainly because I think that Kansas City could be in a situation where they have to have him kick a 54 or 55 yard field goal and that's not going to be a situation you want to put him in coming back from his injury uh, but it would not shock me if they have to put him in uh, to try to attempt a field goal late in the game to win it I still think it's going to be really close I'm going to go 37-35 Kansas City
6: oh wow you're even higher than me the, the line by the way according to Bet Online. You guys can check them out. We told you about them earlier. Is uh, 55 and a half, I believe, total. I think that's low, but you went even above me. I, I agree with you. I think it is back and forth. I, I don't think it comes down to 13 seconds. I do think somebody's driving at the end of the game, uh, but I, I think it's in desperation to try to catch up, to tell you the truth. I, I think the advantage right now is that. The two teams have been playing in a direction. I think they're both going to have to change path a little bit. I don't know that the Bills' defense is going to hold up as well uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs as it did say the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just don't see those as equal threats.
7: And I do want to say something really quick on that before you give your prediction. That's one of the things that always plays into this for me when looking at these games is the Bills haven't played the schedule the Chiefs have. And you look at the schedule, the rest of the season that they have, if they don't lose this game, they're probably pretty easily the number one seed. And I don't know that Kansas City can even be in that discussion. Yeah. if they it, it, Even if they win this game, just because of the schedule they have the rest of the season. It's definitely going to be a
6: lot more difficult. So it comes down to selling out to win this ball game. And I do think everybody on the field is going to do that. In, in the coaching booth, upstairs, whatever, everybody. But in the end, it comes down, I agree with you, a one-point game. I have it slightly lower. But 34 33, Kansas City. Let's hope that the Chiefs can get that done.
1: And Bet Online has the coverage of the Lions ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Bills and Chiefs this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas.
2: It's one of the most anticipated matchups of the NFL season, a rematch of last year's unbelievable playoff game. The Buffalo Bills heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs right now, Anthony. The Chiefs are three point home dogs.
7: Yeah, I just think completely overall, the Bills are the best team in football. They got the best quarterback. 400-plus yards last game. I think Josh Allen makes a statement again in a big game. I'll lay those points.
6: Look, I agree with Anthony. The Bills, I think, are too much to handle right now early in the season, especially with how their defense is playing. So, look, I'm going to go with the over in points, and I'm taking the Bills as well.
2: Yeah, big-time revenge spot here for Buffalo. I like the Bills. Josh Allen playing way too good. Lay the three.
1: Thanks, friends. Be sure to get Bills, Chiefs, and all of your NFL action at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Philadelphia Eagles are the NFL's last remaining undefeated team and have finished with a positive turnover differential in each of their five wins this season. On Sunday night, they may have their biggest test yet, divisional foe the 4-1 Dallas Cowboys. Quarterback Jalen Hurts recorded his seventh career game with at least two rushing touchdowns last week, tied for the second most by a quarterback in NFL history, and he leads all quarterbacks with six rushing touchdowns during the 2022 season. For Dallas, second-year linebacker Micah Parsons and the defense will need to pressure Hurts to put Dallas in a position to win. Parsons recorded two sacks in week five and has recorded multiple sacks in three of his first five games this season. With two sacks at Philly on Sunday night, Parsons will become one of only three players to record at least two sacks in four of their team's first six games of the season since 1980.
8: Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night football. The 5-0 Eagles against the 4-1 Cowboys. Marcus, a lot of times my friends that are not fans of the NFC East, you hear them groan because of all these primetime games the East has gotten over the years. But this year, I don't think people are complaining. It's crazy, but they might be the best division in football.
9: Yeah, I mean, what a sight of Washington. We, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Commanders. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, this is the best division of football. And even the Giants are playing so far above their heads. It's ridiculous now. Uh, no, this is a fun primetime game. I and mean, we go right from Bills, Chiefs in the 4 p.m. Eastern window to Cowboys, Eagles in primetime. What's better than that? Fans deserve it, considering we're getting Commanders Bears on
8: Thursday night. Again, so sorry, the fans. The the later schedule, yeah, we're really dragging <laughs> Washington right now. But at one and four, they deserve it because the other teams are. Let's see, they're twelve and two
9: combined. Uh, yeah, if if I did one, my one math, of those losses. Thirteen and two. If one of those losses came, uh, the Cowboys beating the Giants, right?
8: Exactly. There you go. So they're undefeated against other teams. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose this game Sunday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Marcus, the Eagles right now, according to our official sportsbook bet online, they are uh, six-point favorites. The line right now is minus six. How are you feeling about that?
9: I think it feels about right. I don't know how you can have Cooper Rush going into Philadelphia being anything more than a six-point underdog. And frankly, I think the Cowboys like it. I I think they like this underdog mentality. Mike McCarthy talked about it in in the press conference last week. Um, They're okay with it, and they understand – You know, they're not going to be a favorite for a while with uh, Cooper Rush. But, Louie, I got to say, I think this is a game the Eagles should win. You're at home against a lesser quarterback, and I think they will. That's not to say it's not going to be tough, that there's not going to be moments where maybe Dallas, you know, keeps it close going into the fourth quarter. But this is a game that the Eagles will win. I'm going to predict a pretty low score. I'll say like a 23 to 17 game that I was going to say it, right
8: now, the over-under is 42. You going under with that?
9: Probably. Cause I, yeah. I I just think the Cowboys offense is going to struggle to score more than 17 or 20 points. I agree. I think this is the game. The Eagles have to take advantage. Dallas has
8: kind of had their number um, recently and Jalen hurts numbers in in two games against the Cowboys doesn't look great. Especially that Monday night game early on in 2021, but Dak Prescott's out. You're at home to get to 6 and 0 oh and get 2 games above Dallas it's a huge opportunity especially heading into the bye week they can kind of go all out right now and yep. then get healthy so on primetime football i want to see the eagles assert themselves as a super bowl contender and even though it's not dak prescott this is a great dallas team and it's one of those you know check yourself kind of games because they don't have a lot more of them on the
9: schedule and i would also say the cowboys are playing a little bit with house money here right like when we looked at yeah. the schedule after dak got hurt it's like okay, if you can come out of the Philadelphia game at 3-3, three and three, you're you you're doing great. Right? Right. You're keeping your head above water. So you're kind of f- playing
8: with house money right now. Right, yeah. Exactly.
9: So I think Mike McCarthy and Kellymore and Dan Quinn know that, and they might call a game that way, right? You might see some wild things from the Cowboys. Like we know John Bones Fossil, the Cowboys special teams coordinator, he's not afraid to have a fake punt. So if the offense is stalling, don't be surprised if the Cowboys run a trick play. Don't be surprised if they're going for, forward on fourth down from their own 40-yard line. So I would expect the Cowboys to be very aggressive in this game to try to find ways to steal possessions and steal points.
8: Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost like the home team that's favored that's up right now in the division has more pressure on them. It's oh, absolutely. The there's no there's yeah. no
9: question about it
8: i definitely agree i still think that they'll take this game Uh, i think the cowboys will cover i think it's going to be a close one that comes down to the final possession so plus six i might take the cowboys there but i'll take the eagles outright if i'm going money line and then 42 points with the over under that's tough it could go either way marcus because both offenses are so talented but both defenses are so good too
9: yeah and it's a division game, and usually yeah. division games are a little bit sloppier and right. it's harder to score. Plus, these defenses are awesome. And I think I think both Philly and Dallas just want to run the crap out of the ball in this game, right? Like they want to establish yeah. the line of scrimmage. Um so yeah, especially I, with these pass rushes, right? You, yeah, oh, you have to get it going. Absolutely. Would it shock you at all if we get, if we're going into the fourth quarter and the score is like 14-13? Because no, they wouldn't for me. So that's why I'm leaning under here.
8: And if it's 30 to 28 i wouldn't be surprised either i mean right. it, it, both these teams that's a good thing about both teams i guess for both fan bases they can win in many different ways so uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens on sunday night how this game goes Eight twenty-five 25 kickoff the eagles are five and oh cowboys are four and one the nfc east is back it's a big matchup
1: and bet online has the coverage for the lines ahead of this matchup This is BetOnline All Access. It's the Cowboys and Eagles in an NFC East showdown this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas.
10: An
7: NFC
2: East matchup on Sunday Night Football as the Dallas Cowboys head to Philly to take on the undefeated Eagles. Anthony, right now the Eagles are four and a half point favorites.
7: Yeah, Jalen Hurts has been great. Eagles have been awesome. But i tell you, there's something about the momentum with the Cowboys. I'm going to take those points with the Cowboys on the road.
6: Jalen Hurts, phenomenal, but the defense is what's really making the, the, the Eagles win games this year. And don't forget about their run game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, something like 17-10. to 10. I'm taking the Eagles and I'm taking the under.
2: All right, Jonathan likes a low-scoring game. I like Dallas' defense. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Cowboys playing with a lot of momentum. I'll take the points here. Give me the Cowboys plus 4.5.
1: Thanks guys. Be sure to get Dallas Philly and all of your NFL action at bet online bet online where the game starts. Let's ride back to the start of the season where Russell Wilson and the Broncos were expected or at least supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. Now the Denver offense has scored 16 points or fewer in four out of their first five contests and Wilson has looked like a fish out of water. Passing yards have been easy to come by, but with a completion percentage under 60 and seeming lack of ability to turn red zone opportunities into points, the Broncos will need to walk before they run. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert has been the model of consistency. Herbert is currently on pace to once again throw for over 4,000 yards, 30-plus touchdowns, and a 66% completion percentage, which would make three straight seasons at such to mark the start of his career. With early season injuries slowly on the mend, even in the absence of Keenan Allen, the Chargers look poised to corral a victory from the Broncos on Monday night. Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos and Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers have this coverage ahead of the Monday night matchup.
11: I think it's pretty straightforward for the Denver Broncos. Number one, obviously, we need Russell Wilson to show up in this game. If the Broncos are going to beat the Chargers, and I think just to refer back to something that I said earlier, 10 years ago, people were wondering when is the real Peyton Manning going to show up? You know, like everybody's wondering why are the Broncos two and three? Why are they losing at home to the Houston Texans? And, And something clicked at halftime of that Monday night game against the Chargers where the Broncos are down 24 to zero. I mean, I don't know if we want to see that necessarily again in this game before Russell Wilson kind of starts to figure everything out, but at the same time, can Russell figure things out? Can the offense get on the same page and can we see him show up? If Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson that everybody knows if he shows up, I think that gives the Broncos at least a fighting chance against everybody. That's why everybody in Broncos country is so excited to get him in the building Because when he's playing his best, you know, you got a shot in any game, even against guys like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, the, the, you know, the vaunted AFC West, the gauntlet that everybody has to run. I think Russell Wilson, that guy, that guy that we all know and hated when he played for the Seahawks because of how good he was. uh, That's the guy that we need to see in this game if the Broncos are going to get a victory.
10: Yeah, and I think Charger fans and people around the organization are definitely not looking at this initial performance of Russell Wilson and saying, oh, this is a quarterback we don't have to be scared of. No, his reputation precedes him. He has done a lot in this game. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, whether or not he is off to a fast start or not. He's been great, and the Chargers definitely need to be prepared in the event that he unlocks what he we all know he has inside him so for the chargers the biggest key to victory here is scoring touchdowns in the red zone and unfortunately for them they're going up against the number one red zone defense in the nfl unfortunately the chargers however are 22nd in red zone efficiency only scoring touchdowns on 52.38 percent of their red zone trips which is not great like i said the broncos have the best red zone defense in the nfl allowing touchdowns on only 27.27% of their red zone trips. They've only allowed three touchdowns all season long in the red zone. So the chargers, if they want to win this football game, they have to score touchdowns in the red zone, but it's not going to be an easy task. That's that's right.
11: And man, that, that percentage right there, 52, that sounds really great to me because the Broncos have been absolutely dreadful in the red zone. So I'm thinking, man, 52%, that sounds really nice, right? <laughs> you know, it's like you've been eating crackers for a month and somebody's like, hey, I got a cheeseburger over here. I think the Broncos absolutely, they're, they're in a similar position, but the, defensively, the key to victory in this game for Denver is going to be, can you take the, the ball away from Justin Herbert and keep doing yeah. what you've been doing? In the pass rush department, we saw last year Pat Sertan had a big play against Justin Herbert. We've seen before, like Bryce Callahan had the big interception. And now, obviously, he plays for the Chargers. So, the Broncos need to find a way to create a turnover. They haven't been picking off a ton of passes this year, but what they have been doing a lot of is forcing fumbles, whether they're getting to the quarterback or whether they're playing in pursuit and getting guys from behind and punching the ball out. They have been forcing fumbles like crazy this season. Unfortunately, they just haven't all been bouncing to the Broncos, so they're going to have to That capitalize. sounds very familiar yeah right i, I mean it, it's it's such a terrible feeling I, I feel like if you scream at your tv loud enough david they should be able to recover the fumbles but it hasn't worked for me thus far but we'll see if it happens on monday night but i think that's a key is getting the ball away from justin herbert taking the ball away from him and really trying to do exactly what the broncos should be really good at and playing with the lead that's exactly what they need so if they can force a turnover or two early on in this game, maybe the first half, I think they stand a pretty good chance to be able to not just coast and win because Herbert, he can score from anywhere on the field, not just inside the red zone, but he can, I mean, you're 80 yards out. He can drop a dot down the field. So getting an early lead and letting your pass rush pin its ears back key for the Denver Broncos in this game.
10: Yeah. I think the only other thing for the chargers here is just keep the running game going. Keep giving that ball to Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly and let them continue to do their thing, because when you run the football successfully in the NFL, you score more points. It's directly correlated. It just it is. You just look up the stats. It's very, very clear. The best rushing teams in the NFL, they score points. The Chargers need to continue to run the football at a good efficient clip that makes everything you do offensively more effective It makes your pass rush, excuse me, your, your play action much better. It also protects against the pass rush. It protects your quarterback. And with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who is still recovering from that fractured rib cartilage, getting the ball out of his hands and getting that running game going is going to be very, very important against the Denver Broncos in this game
11: it is it is and I think absolutely from from the Broncos side as well you're talking about a team that's lost Javonte Williams for the entire year having to adjust with him out of the lineup now Latavius Murray coming in I'd say the same for the Broncos side if they can run the ball effectively like we saw and and unfortunately I say that well they just lost a game against the Colts where it felt like they kind of ran the ball effectively but you're absolutely right if you're running the ball well you should be scoring more points and in the NFL today that that kind of currency I mean the, the Broncos need that in a desperate way. They need the confidence, you know, Melvin Gordon issues with fumbling and Javante, even before that, it felt like teams were kind of keying in when he was on the field, really stacking the box and making life difficult for him. Last week though, there was a bit of breakthrough with Mike Boone and Melvin Gordon back there. We'll see if Latavius Murray can add another wrinkle, but same thing for the Broncos. If they can run the ball well, that could be a key to victory as well.
1: Well, week six could see the end of the last standing undefeated team in Philly. An AFC playoff preview between Buffalo and Kansas City, and the continued MVP level play of Justin Herbert. Each and every week we'll continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our locked on network. I'm Jordan Black and this has been NFL Key Prediction.